Good morning, St. Stephen's. It is definitely my delight to be back at St. Stephen's to be in worship with you. This is the first time I've preached in this space. I preached the other times that I was here in that space. But I want you to know that St. Stephen's United Methodist Church is the first church in Methodist Church in Virginia that I preached at when I was making a transition from the Baptist Church to the Virginia Conference. So you're very special in my heart, and it's very uh, wonderful to be with you uh, on this Sunday morning. I am delighted. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of 2 Kings, the first and the second verses, and the sixth through the 14th. I am reading from the NIV version of our scriptures. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then Elijah said to him, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water parted to the one side and to the other, and the two of them crossed on dry land. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it will be granted to you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and a horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see him, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. He picked up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water. He said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Where is he? And he struck the water again, and the water was parted to one side and to the other, and Elisha crossed over. Transitioning to the other side, let us pray. 
So here we are, Lord, your men and women, and we come because we always need a word from you. And we ask that as we are gathered on this beautiful Sunday morning, that you will bless us, that your word will be spoken, that you will bless us, that we will all have ears to hear your word, and that as we go forth from this time of worship, that we will live your word in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Transitioning to the other side. Now, when you read a Bible story or hear a sermon about one, do you ever identify with one of the people in the story? Our text today includes two well-known people in the history of Israel's journey with God, Elijah and Elisha. Do you identify with either one of them? Let's consider. Elijah is the prophet who challenged the prophets of Baal with the fire that consumed the wood on the altar, even though it had been completely doused with a lot of water. This resulted in raising the ire of Queen Jezebel, who vowed to have him killed. And so he fled to the desert and to a cave, feeling that he had failed God. Now, Elijah was a young man that Elijah had selected to nurture as a protege. He was trained by Elijah to be a prophet. Now, Elijah had found Elisha plowing in the field, and he had anointed him to take his place. At that time, Elijah had thrown his mantle, his cloak, over Elisha as a sign of his investiture into being a prophet and his adoption as Elijah's son. And they traveled together for eight years. By the time they, uh, we meet them in our text from this morning, Elijah has come to the end of his ministry, knowing that God has selected Elisha to be his successor. These two had a very close and intimate relationship, but they were very different. Elijah emerged as a prophet at a time of drought, and Elisha at a time of dynastic instability. Lots of leadership issues were going on. Elisha, even more than Elijah, mediated the power of the deity through his deeds and not his words. So there are many stories about Elisha that focus on his miraculous actions. Elijah, however, was a loner, and Elisha was one who thrived in the company of others, and so Elisha was connected to a school of prophets. Do you identify with either one of those prophets? Perhaps not. But who else is in that story? that we may not pay much attention to as we explore the scriptures. It is the school of 50 prophets that kept telling Elisha that Elijah was going to be taken from him that day. Who are these prophets? A prophet is not someone who predicts the future like some low-class fortune teller. A prophet is one who announces or pours forth God's declarations. A prophet is one who speaks for God and by doing so interprets the will of God. 
And there is a radical diversity of those persons who are known as prophets in ancient Israel. And it is very difficult to identify one model of prophetic behavior. In ancient Israel, women could be priests, could not be priests, but they could be prophets. So we have Miriam, we have Deborah, we have Elisha's wife, and she's not even named. And we have Holga, and we have Noadiah. These are some examples. It is appropriate to think about prophets as intermediaries, representing the deity to the world of humans in different ways. Prophets often emerged in times of crisis or certain significant moments in a society. Some of them sprang into prominence in Israel's history independently, like Elijah. But others of the prophets were intentionally gathered, promising students from among the people who were trained to the office of being a prophet. They studied the laws in groups or guilds or schools, and they were called sons of the prophets while in training. And Elijah was such an independent prophet who took on the training of Elisha. But Elisha was associated with the school of prophets. May I suggest to you that we need to identify in this biblical story with the school of prophets. When the scripture was read this morning, were you so dazzled by talks of chariots and mantles that convey and seem to possess miraculous power? Were you too taken with the actions of Elijah and Elisha that you ignored these characters in this scriptural record? Times of transition are times of opportunity. The school of the prophets knows this. They recognize that this was a time to be in transition in the lives of Elijah and Elisha, and that it was significant. They felt the need to be present and fully engaged. They appeared perhaps to be bystanders, but they are not. They are calling attention to what God is doing and they're standing in support. The members of St. Stephen's are not bystanders in this transition in leadership. So what are you expecting? What are you going to contribute so that the transition goes smoothly? Who are you going to be so that the transition becomes a time of opportunity for new ideas, new people, new ministry and service. Every baptized believer is a ministry of the church, a minister of the church. So why should you identify with these prophets? In the midst of your transition, what can these 50 prophets teach? As you go through this transition, one, you have responsibilities to continue to take up or to start something new. There is support to be given to your new leader, hospitality to be shared, 
and encouragement to give or receive among yourselves, using all of your gifts and talents to partner in the future of St. Stephen's ministry to the world. Two, you need to be students, disciples. Those 50 prophets in training took their training seriously. They were being taught to fill the role of their calling. What fruit of the spirit do you need to be sure you are cultivating in your life so that you are open to fully participate as a disciple of Jesus Christ in the transition before this community of faith? Three, are you seeking to be nurtured and nurtured in the practices of the spiritual dis disciplines of prayer and meditation and study and fasting and worship, holy conversation, service, and other forms of Christian education that prepare you to live fully into the great commission to make disciples and to be a faithful disciple yourself. Four, persistence is required in your ministry. Even though it appears that Elisha is not taking their prophetic words seriously, the 50 prophets are persistent in sharing what is clear to them by their presence. Are you ready to be a witness, to speak out when things need to be said, things called to attention, things that need to be addressed so that the ministry and mission of St. Stephen's is faithful, fruitful, inclusive, and welcoming? Five, you need to do ministry as a team. The effectiveness of the church in ministry and mission is tied to the cooperation of its members, all of its members, each doing their best, you know, putting something in the stone soup. We are part of a team, a congregation of faithful people joined together, hopefully in the same mind, the mind of Christ, working toward a common goal with Jesus as coach and trainer. Most of us are familiar with names like Peter, Paul, Timothy from the Bible. Their contributions to the early church were very significant. They were leaders, but they were not alone. In Romans 16, Paul named at least 26 people of diverse backgrounds, men, women, Jews, Gentiles, slaves, and prominent citizens who contributed to the success of the church in various ways. Paul valued them highly. He applauded them for their commitment and hard work. Each of us has gifts that can be useful to serve others and thus glorify God. And if we do not use them, ministry will eventually cease and our communities of faith will devolve into country club communities. And then six, you need to remember your history. Do not forget the experiences that have brought you to this time and prepared you for what lies ahead. Don't forget that God provides for every time, for every people, for every circumstance in our lives. Elijah and Elisha began a long journey stirring memories. The root of their journey was deliberate. 
Our text calls to our attention three of the symbolic significance of events, places that they went. Reminders of how God had been with them and been for Israel. Now the first place was Gilgal. And that was where the Exodus travelers leaving Egypt first camped when God brought them across the Jordan River after 40 years of wandering and camping in the wilderness. Having arrived at their destination, they kept there the first Passover in the land of Canaan. Do you remember how St. Stephen's came into being and why? The second place was Bethel. And that is where Abraham built an altar when he first reached Canaan from Ur. There, Jacob also wrestled with the angel of God and re received a new identity. Bethel is where people went in times of trouble, seeking God's counsel, knowing that God was ready to help and guide them. When things were not going well for you personally or for St. Stevens, perhaps? Do you remember the times and the ways God's grace was given? The third place was Jericho. When Moses was gone and the new leader Joshua crossed the river Jordan with the Israelites, that was at Jericho. It was the walls of Jericho that fell when the people trusted God's instructions and obediently followed them. Those obedient people learned again that all things are possible with trust in God. Do you trust God to go forward with you in this current transition? Do you remember what has already been possible for St. Stephen's and for you? Now, I list these six learnings, not because they are anything new for believers, but because we sometimes need to be reminded to keep us on track with God and our responsibilities. These are things we can learn from the 50 prophets, things that can help us in a transition, the passing from one leadership model role to what will be. Our challenge is to discover how we personally identify with this collection of varied persons who inhabit our text today. They are not there by accident. They are not unimportant to the story in our text. Each of you is important to this transition. Transitions are always marked by losing some of what is familiar and entering what is unknown. That can be alarming, it can be even a little scary, but God is always ready to do a new thing if we will open ourselves to go where God is calling us to go, to be who God is calling us to be. Transition and the change it brings are opportunities that are to be welcomed and not feared. What is God expecting of you in the midst of this transition? What are you expecting? One prayer God never answers is the prayer that says, please God, let nothing change. Our constant prayer should be, Lord, let us look forward and move forward 
in your will and way. You are in the midst of a transition, a time for a new chapter in the life and ministry of St. Stephen's to begin. This community of faith has been here before. Change at St. Stephen's is nothing new. There is something in us that humans that resists change, but change is one of life's constants. This transition is also a time in which you personally, each of you personally, can look at your individual lives as a new chapter on your journey with God to begin. We can cling to the old, sure the new will not suffice, but that is not a position of faith. That is not an affirmation of the faithfulness of God. Remember your history. Live in confidence that God's faithfulness and God's work that happens through God's people will happen again. Our text today is a story of the end of one ministry and the beginning of another. What does the cloak, the mantle, symbolize when Elijah passed it on to Elisha? It was a passing of Elijah's ministry double his spirit, his power, his authority. Elisha, a very different person from Elijah, was to pick up the ministry and do his part for God. The 50 prophets model for us as they respond to Elisha's receipt of Elijah's mantle, the role of people in transition. It is what God expects of us, especially in the time of transition. Loving God, loving neighbor, being tuned into and responsive to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, in the lives of others and in the world, bearing the fruits of the Spirit in our living that Galatians calls us to cultivate, being good stewards of our talents and our resources, doing justice and showing mercy and walking humbly with God. In times of congregational leadership transition, it is essential to get right and focused in the mission and power of the congregation. The people and leader must focus on their ministry and mission together and open themselves to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Elijah picked up the mantle of Elisha. Elisha picked up the mantle of Elijah and the school of the prophets received that transition of leadership. In the next verse in our text that I did not read contains these words. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Those 50 prophets accepted the passing of the mantle and were ready to move forward with Elisha. May each member and constituent of St. Stephen's accept the passing of your leadership mantle. Pick up the responsibility that lies before you and carry it on new paths that lie ahead of you. Let us pray. Oh Lord, bless the people of St. Stephen's to look forward in this transition. 
welcoming change and responding to any new thing you have called each of them to be and to do. Amen. <laughs>